Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Come As You Are podcast. I am your host, Mimi Styles, and today we have a very special guest. I am so excited to have her on. Uh, she's somebody that I have been trying to get on for a little while now. We've been talking about it, but it just never came around on how the heck I was going to do it. But we figured it out via Zoom. So now I am open for Zoom interviews whenever. So please DM me if you're interested in getting on now that I figured out how to do it. As you can tell, I'm a little bit sick. I don't know what happened, (laughs) but the interview that is going to follow, I was not sick. So you only have to hear me talk crappy like this for um, like a minute or two. So buckle up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the 45-ish minute interview with my girl. Enjoy. So uh, welcome our guest. This is MJ, aka Spunky and Chunky. Say hello to everybody, MJ. Hey guys, how are you? Mimi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm super excited. Um, MJ is literally the perfect person to be on this podcast, to be like the first official guest. So I'm so happy that she's here. And I think everybody is going to love what she has to say. So um, starting off, um, me and MJ have known each other for probably, how long do you think it's been? Honestly, probably like five years. Um, We actually used to work together at a restaurant in Hudson um, and we have like a mutual friend Sh- shout out to Cliff um, <laughs> who shout out Miss Cliffy shout out Miss Cliffy that we kind of became friends through I'm so happy you're in my life you're such a positive light thank you MJ you too um, MJ is like the best the best hype girl and we're just like hyping each other up on social media because that's that's what friends are for so um, we're gonna get into it a little bit here so I want MJ to explain to everybody who she is, what she does, um, what her day job is, but then also what she does with social media. So you take the floor. Yes. So I'm MJ. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I met Mimi, like we talked about, um, through working at a restaurant job together. And during the day, I'm an interior designer. That's what I went to school for and everything in Wisconsin. And I do social media on the side, predominantly TikTok. So I started on TikTok in 2020, fell in love with it, like many others during the pandemic. And it was just a great outlet to find people with the same interests as you and um, be a source of inspiration, even though many people don't see it like that or didn't see it like that in 2020. And I started posting on there and just fell in love with spreading a positive message to others. So I did that in 2020, 2021, took a little break and now I'm back in 2022 posting up. 2022. That's awesome. People think interior design is more about colors and, um, other things along those lines. I do commercial interior design where I design public spaces and we really account for the American Disability Act and how people feel in the environment and how um, the built environment affects our environment ecologically too, as far as materials and everything. So it's really complex. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I didn't realize that there was like an environmental aspect to it, Um, Mm -hmm. but interior design is really cool. And I think there's a lot to that like profession that people don't really know or understand like yeah MJ has been killing it um with her move to Utah she did the bold move she was just like see you later Wisconsin um really awesome seeing her and her hubby 
killing it out there, living their dreams with their dog. I want to hear more about like, well, everybody's going to want to hear more about what you do kind of on TikTok, what your main message is. Um, I know, I mean, obviously I know all of this, but like MJ is body positivity, kind of that realm. Um, I don't know what, if you have a better name for what you do, but um, tell everybody about um, kind of the niche, if you will, that you're in within TikTok and then um, what obstacles you've had to overcome in order to be in the place that you are now where you feel good doing that on social media. That's a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm more than happy to go into it. So my journey with social media and specifically TikTok has been interesting and evolved a little bit since I started it. So I predominantly started posting in 2020 um, body positive content um, because that was the journey I was on at the time. It's something I am extremely passionate about still to this day. And on TikTok for growth and just to build a community, they say that you should stay to one topic or one element um, of that, of what your content is. And with myself, I was on the body positive journey and body positivity on social media is what helped me start into that journey myself. Yep. So I started posting body positive content in all of 2020 and I really loved it. But then I had some, I guess, internal issues with only doing body positivity. So I took a break from it. And plus I was in a new journey in my life. I started another corporate job. So I felt like, unfortunately, social media can sometimes affect you in the corporate world. So I unfortunately stopped making TikToks for a little bit. And I, in 2021, started to miss it a lot. I really loved connecting with others, building a community. And I just knew what I wanted to do differently the second time around when I started posting on social media more. And that was for more authenticity. Um, in body positivity, you are really authentic. You are really vulnerable about yourself and your body. But I personally felt like I am more than my body. And I wanted to share more of myself and to show other struggles as well. And unfortunately, this is a sad fact. A lot of people that are successful on social media fit a certain beauty standard. So I felt like my value was only in body positivity when I have a lot more value to give. Yeah. And yeah, and so I just told myself I'd be 100% authentic, share everything that I'm about, because that's the only way it's going to stick with me and um, the only way that I'm going to be able to show up as fully myself on social media is if I share all the different life aspects. So personally, now my direction in 2022 with social media is that I am showing all parts of myself, but in more of like a relatable lifestyle content form, yeah. because I think when you see lifestyle influencers on TikTok or Instagram, they fit a certain beauty standard, whether it's being thin or white or cisgender or straight. Um, I wanted my life as a plus size woman to be romanticized and to be something that can be looked up to, but also relatable and show like struggles that people go through every day that aren't necessarily highlighted on social media. Long answer for your question, but- That was really beautifully said. I actually felt like a tear coming to my eye when you were- <laughs> So um, what made you want to share your journey on social media? I think you kind of answered this already, but what kind of was, if there was like a big thing that was like, I'm gonna do it now. Was there a moment or were you just kind of progressively, you know, 
getting on there or? Yeah, I would say it was partially a progression. And then when TikTok happened, a full like dive in. And a lot of it stemmed from when I started my body positive journey and like now I'm on more of a body neutral journey. But when I started that journey initially, it was from people on social media, people like Ashley Graham and uh, just the movement in general that really brought to light that you don't have to hate yourself. If you're in a bigger body, you should love yourself and that you shouldn't let society's standards get in the way of how you feel about yourself. And I slowly started posting. I actually, before this interview, I looked back to see when I first started posting about body positivity. And it was back in 2018. And I was trying to reflect back to why I guess I started sharing it publicly. And I, in college, was really roped up in diet culture. And I felt like I had to chase a skinnier body. And then when I started to accept myself or maybe gain weight, trigger warning, fat phobia, all that stuff. Um, I felt like I had to hide in social media. I couldn't like post because I had gained weight or I had done this or I'm on this journey, just fear of judgment. And I started posting progressively because I was like, you know what? I'm not hiding anymore. This is who I am. This is the journey I'm on. I am just going to be myself and show people that, hey, even if you do gain weight or this and that, you are still valued and you're still worthy and I am struggling with you to find that self-love and working on it myself. So it was kind of a progression where I would slowly start to post things on my personal account, but then when TikTok started happening, that's when I like fully dove into posting body positive content on Instagram and TikTok. It's amazing on TikTok and just online in general, um, just not being able to grasp the concept of like marginalized bodies deserve respect. <laughs> and like, I see people mm -hmm. I mean, coming from my world, if you will, of like the fitness game, um, mm -hmm. is a lot of people being like, well, that's unhealthy. And well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, shut up. <laughs> and it's interesting to me how that has been such a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp when it's really very simple you know, we're all human beings. We all deserve respect regardless of what we look like. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I try to like remind myself of my own thin privilege and everything. I want to ask a question to you. How do you feel? Because I follow you and your journey and everything. And I love what you do because you're in the fitness space and then you're also body positive and you are just amazing. How does it feel being in a gray area? Is that ever difficult for you? Yeah, it, it is really difficult because I, I don't feel aligned like with the fitness industry. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I do that a lot and, but I'm in that point where I'm like, but it, but fitness changed my life and I love it. And it's so great to be healthy and to feel good. And it made me feel so much better. And I, I want that for people, but I've realized like, I hate trying to help people change their bodies. If I show up as I am and do all the things that I want to do that feel good for me, I know that it'll, tr it'll translate eventually. And I know it already has, maybe I don't have thousands of followers, but if I just stick with what I'm passionate about, I hope that it'll eventually, you know, come out to more of the masses. It, it is really hard for me to answer your question. 
No, definitely. And I can just imagine being in your space and coming from, I guess, the opposite end with like body neutrality. Sometimes I think that things are owned by the fitness space, like healthy eating. That was a big part of my thing, like healthy eating and exercise. So I notice it even when I'm posting and everything that it can be hard. It's a hard balance because I love doing those things to honor my body, but then sometimes it gets translated into wanting to change my body. So I just was curious about your perspective with everything since we're kind of like on opposite sides of the coin, but like we meet in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is hard because I, I have seen with a lot of people that they, they really want to like exercise for that reason, like to honor their body and to like move because it's good for them and it'll make them feel happier and all these things, but it can be a very slippery slope for not only the person, but Mm -hmm. also like the viewers of that person. I would imagine it's extremely hard to like be full body positivity, body positivity, body neutrality all the time and not have those little like dips of like, oh, like kind of like dipping into the diet culture and then dipping into the, Oh, why am I actually at the gym right now? Am I actually trying to lose weight again? Or like, am I making sense? I hope. Yes. And that is something I actually struggle with almost daily. And that's a reason why I stopped posting body positive content consistently is because nobody told me this. Nobody made me like have this obligation, but I felt like being in the body positive space. I felt like I had to love my body 24 seven. And that is how I had to show it on social media. And I couldn't have bad days where I felt like I was dipping into diet culture. And then my recent one was gut health that kind of put me into a little bit of a body image thing because I found that the root of it wasn't me trying to look out for my health. It was me trying to become smaller because the tagline was you're not fat, you're inflamed. And so I had to check myself. I check myself constantly and it's okay to like have those thoughts creep in kind of like negative or intrusive thoughts, like see them, address them, but realize what your main goals are and what standards you want to live by. And it's hard, especially like what you were saying, long answer to everything, but that's kind of why I stopped being body positive content all the time because there are like it's like a roller coaster trying to be body positive all the time I'm sure it's hard when you have like a following and people who probably like expect that from you too like they they want to go to you to be like inspired to love themselves and that might then make you have to post on days where you're really not feeling yourself and you have to pretend that you do um yeah I think you say what you're going to say. No, it's okay. And I felt like I had to do that previously and I don't like admitting it, but I have to because it's authentic. I was posting on body positive days when I was feeling like crap and didn't like my body because I felt like that was the expectation of me. But now I have my own expectations myself. And if people want to follow along with that, they totally can. It was just a hard balance because you felt like you had to be strong for people because when I would look up to people, I would seek inspiration all the time. But then we also have to be realistic that not everyone is strong 24 seven and that's okay. Yeah, totally. Um, And that vulnerability of like, you know, I think when you started, you're like, I'm being vulnerable by putting myself out there in this way. But then I think maybe you found that vulnerability is like being completely honest all the time 
about mm-hmm. about all of that, the good days and the bad. Because it is hard when you like, I mean, I don't have a huge platform, but I, I feel like I have a, a deep connection with a lot of people that follow me on Instagram and they're like very receptive to the things that I say. Um, you do. And hopefully my podcast too, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I try to be honest too sometimes, but I, I, different thing, but I get in the space too where I'm like, those expectations, they kind mm-hmm. of get you. Like I have this constant voice in me that's like, everybody knows that you're a trainer. So you have to look like a trainer and you have to keep up with everything. And like, again, that's a different topic, but that pressure mm-hmm. of like acting a certain way and looking a certain way. I mean, it's present in all of us, but you know, it's different for everything. I think it's diff. It's probably the same for anyone who has social yeah. media. Everyone probably identifies with a certain part of themselves and feel like they have to show up as that part of themselves all the time. So totally. And I wouldn't even say like a following for me personally. It's just more of a community. I have so many cool people that I've met through TikTok and everything. So it's more of a sense of community and like community members, you are all together for like a common goal or reason typically. So yeah, it's hard when you feel like you can't like meet that expectation sometimes. So I totally get I've, you've probably experienced that on TikTok specifically, it is easy to accidentally get on the wrong side of TikTok or, you know, your video ends up in a place where it's not your people, um, where I know with you, you've probably experienced um, fat phobia if, if that has happened to you. And um, I'm just curious what your experience is with that and how you've dealt with it. Yes. So I had one of my videos go to the absolute like opposite side of what I believed in on TikTok. And that was a doozy. Um, TikTok, you can be anonymous on that platform. So people can like actually come for your neck straight up. And they did for me. And I made a video talking about how in diet culture or when I was, um, a part of that people would tell you not to eat certain fruits and one of them was bananas and so I just made a video saying bananas are healthy and all of this spiraled because of a banana video and I didn't um, realize that like that it was about a video like that (laughs) yes it was about bananas and I was like bananas are healthy eat whatever you want and then people everyone had an opinion about a banana looking back, it's kind of crazy, but actually affected me a lot. All of the comments I was getting and people were like, I wouldn't trigger warning, fat phobia, hate comments, maybe skip a little bit. Um, cause I'm going to tell you what they said. And they said things like, why would I take diet advice from you? And then I had people, um, stitch my video where they took what I said and they were like, you are a hater. You, um, have you're ripping on people who just want to improve their lives I was like that wasn't my intention at all and it kind of got misconstrued and um the keto community came for me a lot with that one and just really nasty comments like you're a pig just stuff about my weight and everything and then I ended up turning off the comments on that video because I just believe 
even if you're on the internet, you do not have to subject yourself to that kind of like commentary around yourself on the internet. You are more than happy to block people. You should be able to delete comments, do whatever you feel is best. And so I stopped the comments on that video and then they went to my other videos and started commenting the mean stuff still. Mm -hmm. And that one rocked me because I haven't had a mass of people, um, I guess, tell me directly that I'm fat or other things. And now I don't think fat's a bad thing at all, but they were saying it in a negative context. And so that rocked me a little bit, just seeing, I thought our society is making such progress towards accepting people and respecting people of all body types, genders, races. And that was wrong. We have a lot of work to do as a society and we have a lot more to learn. And it just shook me up a little bit. And I was like, can I handle this? And now I had to do a lot of validation work for myself um, and really find my validation within because for a short period of time, I was being validated by the positive comments on social media. And when that came crashing down, my self-worth came crashing down too, unfortunately, at that same time. So that was probably the worst fat phobia I've experienced was just on the internet. But in person, it comes in little ways. It'll be, um, I noticed it a lot in college, meeting new people, um, when you're trying to develop a friend group or um, they want everyone to look a certain way to get into parties or if um, you're in a group with a bunch of guys and I've been in a relationship since I was 15, so I wasn't trying to flirt with anyone or do anything like that. Guys will just not look you directly in the eye because they don't want to give you any indication that they are attracted to you because of your weight. It is so terrible. And um, I remember growing up a lot of, I guess, my internalized fat phobia or like being scared of being fat came from things I was told in the media and at home. So my mom would tell me stories about how people don't get jobs because they're fat. People, um, no boys will like you if you're this way, that type of thing. So it's just a lot of different messages telling me to hate my body rather than from within and kind of like society and external cues and um our society is changing a lot i'm so excited for the next generation because victoria's secret reamped um their body their models body sizes and made them very inclusive what do you say i said finally they were like the last brand to be like (laughs) okay fine like i remember i think there was something about like this Mm -hmm. show that was like our brand is supposed to be about the fantasy and like those bodies aren't the fantasy. So I'm glad they finally, I I hope they fired that guy because it took them too long. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah. They are the last, but honestly, probably the most important, unfortunately, I hate to say that, but I'm just glad they, I'm glad they did something. Cause I remember when I was younger, looking up to the Victoria's Secret model body type, looking up workouts to how to get to that body type when in reality everyone's built different if we all ate the same or exercised the same we would all look completely different um you get it and (laughs) (laughs) so it was just a lot of just little things in life but then it's amplified when you put your presence on the internet and now I've come to a point where what other people have to say that's negative about me that isn't a positive constructive criticism 
it doesn't matter. I'm doing what I'm doing. I know myself. I'm willing to learn when it's the right setting. But if you are coming from a place of hate, that isn't my responsibility to carry. And it's definitely been a learning process, but I'm glad that I've went through it because it's helped really find validation from within. The whole banana thing, that is like literally insane. But at the same time, it it doesn't surprise me because that's what people do on TikTok. Like you say, like you have to be so, so careful to not say something that could possibly offend anybody in any kind of shape or form because people will find a way to like misconstrue it. And that's like my worst fear is I'm like, what if one day like someone takes a clip from my podcast and only it takes like one clip and then clips another one and puts them together and like, ah, the reputation's ruined or whatever. I, I think it's great that we hold people accountable now, um, but nobody needs to be held accountable for, uh, for saying bananas are healthy. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. And then for them to come for you on other like videos and go to the, like, that's just crazy. And I'm so sorry that you had to deal with it because like we're giggling like ha 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 banana but I'm sure that was like traumatizing you know like to have that happen it's you know we've all been probably bullied in our day but to have like an army come for you on the internet I feel like are different kind of beasts there so that was probably insane it was insane and it's just crazy how the internet can be. I learned from it, but I definitely tiptoe more now. Like what you said, I love that we hold people accountable, but I think the banana thing, that's a little bit extreme. We need to hold people accountable when it comes to fat phobia, racism, and um, homophobia, all of that, and other problematic issues. But when we're talking about a banana, I think we can let up a little bit. What you were saying about Um, growing up with specific messages um, I think is really interesting for everybody to be aware of that you know everything in society is constructed and we think the way we think because the way we're raised and stuff and I think it's important that we have these conversations because you know we might be having babies sometime soon I mean Mm -hmm. a lot of people are and when I think about not just parenting and this is a whole nother like rabbit hole, but the little comments that you've maybe heard growing up from your parents or from your aunts and uncles or your grandparents, like that on top of what society is telling you, that's why we have that internalized fat phobia is because we've been told it everywhere our whole lives. Like, don't be fat. It's the worst thing ever. You won't have any value, all these things. And I... I wish that I could go back and tell my younger self that it's bullshit. What did my parents have to deal with? And my grandparents and the way that the messages that they told them, like goes back so many generations and we have to, and we, we, we honestly have, we've come so far as a society, like you said, to like, like we're done with that crap. Like our generation is respecting all bodies. And if, if you're not on that train, I think you're behind with the times, but so no so many good points in that too yeah I just think our generation I have so much hope for us with the future of what we can teach the future generations and we have changed a lot in a positive way but we still have a lot of work to do so I think it's important that we all um 
care about issues that don't relate to us directly. In a sense, you can't, you can't necessarily blame people for only caring about what affects them. Mm-hmm. They're affected by it. I see it a lot, like in like white women and us advocating for, um, you know, women's rights and, um, you know, protection from violence against men and all this stuff. But then, you know, white women will say this, but then they're not advocating for women of color or they're not advocating for the LGBTQ community or whatever it is, um, because it's not directly affecting us. So um, another rabbit hole, but very good point. (laughs) Yes, we could talk all day. We're on the same page. Yeah, we could. So I love it. Go down this rabbit hole. Like any advice to help you get there or get started or just whatever you have. One quote really aligned with me when I started my body positive journey. Um, When I started with diet culture, I came from a place of, I hate how my body looks. I need to change it. And the quote was, hating yourself didn't work. Why don't you try love instead? And that one really resonated with me because when I got to this goal that I put for myself because I hated my body, it was never enough. There was always someone to compare to. There was always some sort of hatred. And being a hater is easy, honestly. It's not being a- negative is so easy, unfortunately. Being positive is the harder way, but the best way. So I was like, you know what? I am going to try loving myself coming from a place of compassion. And it's taken probably five years to come to that place, yeah. but it has helped me so much. My confidence, even Cliff, our mutual friend, like we talked about in the beginning, he said, you just glow different now that you love yourself. You just have a different air about you compared to when you were trying to lose weight and doing all of that. And that it's noticeable guys and just change your aura, your energy, and so many good things will come to you. Love yourself. That's what helped me a lot. It is so funny that you shared that quote because I literally like did like a whole episode based on that quote because that is the quote that yes. things for me too. Like yes. that quote literally changed my life. Like I had just come off of like the toxic dance world and always hating my body and wanting to shrink it. And I always thought I could hate myself into changing my body. Mm-hmm literally can't you literally can't hate yourself into changing your body it's not going to work if you do end up losing weight from the hate it's not going to be sustainable you're not going to be happy with it like so you have to try love oh I just love that you said that because that's like literally the yeah. that changed my life too I love it and I did listen to that episode actually but I forgot we have that in common until you yeah. mentioned it now <laughs> Last big question. So kind of looping back to um, another common place with us. So I know that you have kind of gotten into spirituality and that kind of realm as well. So maybe sharing with um, the listeners what, um, what you do as practices and rituals and all the things, um, what helps you feel aligned and like your best self. So this one is a good question because I think with anything, whether it's religion, spirituality, there's ebbs and flows. And I'm kind of in um, a different spot with my spirituality at the moment. How I started with it was yoga. I love yoga. You do too, I know. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I love how in religion they have a sense of community. Like you go to church every Sunday and for spirituality, mine was going to yoga and having that community. So I really love yoga to find um, my spiritual enlightenment. And I would do crystals and meditate and journal. And I love doing all of that. But at the place I'm at right now, I've kind of been going through a hard time and it's been hard to connect to my spiritual side. And it's almost felt like work. And I feel like if you're trying to do something you enjoy, but it feels a ton like work and doesn't feel good, then maybe take like a step back and recalibrate. So what I've been doing for me and being in touch with my spiritual side has just been focusing on rest and myself. And it's not necessarily a practice right now, but just focusing on self-love, journaling when it feels best, um, waking up early to commit time to myself, um, that's been more of my spiritual practice lately and also just trying to be in tune with myself, which is really important in like intuitive eating and body neutrality, um, being in tune with myself, seeing any signs, angel numbers. I've been getting a ton lately, like 1111, 555, 333. We got that today before the yes. podcast. Um, so just trying to be in tune with that and kind of listen to what is the universe telling me and leaning into it rather than resisting it. Yeah. I, I so agree with like, if it feels like a chore, shouldn't do it. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think that kind of like this new age of like spirituality, um, I think it's kind of confusing for people because they think they have to be like, a yogi and use crystals and meditate every day and journal all the time and like always be at peace and like be zen um and it's really about finding what's best for you and what's going to elevate your life and really spirituality at the end of the day is just trusting that the universe has your back so whatever Mm -hmm. whatever like work you do with that is valid um and it's kind of like the body positivity thing is like you're not going to wake up every day and be like i'm aligned and i'm Oh, like it's, it's, you're always going to have hard days still, and you're still going to have all these things. So it is important to remember that it's not like you embark on a spiritual journey and your life is perfect and that you're going to love every second of it because it's not always enjoyable. And sometimes it feels like work and when it does, you shouldn't do it. So I love that. Good. No, I, love all of your posts on social media we gotta hype up Mimi quick all of you love her and know her but she is so good she inspires me daily on there don't feel pressure to inspire people all the time but you inspire me girl and I love all of your spiritual content too you get me in tune girl (laughs) I'm trying I've been it's been a journey for sure so um I'm I don't think I did I tell you I'm becoming a spiritual life coach (gasps) Stop. Yeah. I'm your first client. Call me. <laughs> yeah. I literally just like um, signed up um, for the certification this past week. So I just started it. Yeah. <gasps> Claps for you, girl. Oh, oh my so God. Good. Yeah. I can tell you all about it. I, I brought it up on this week's episode um, that just literally dropped yesterday or this morning. I don't know. So um, yeah. So I'm doing that. So I'm expanding my knowledge of it. So there's more to come. This is just the beginning. So much to learn and everything. So um, that about wraps things up. Do you have anything else that you want to share or anything? 
I don't have any final thoughts. I just love talking with you. Do you ever have when you hang out with a friend or when you talk with a friend, you just feel reinvigorated, refueled, and just light as a feather? That's how I feel talking to you. So everyone. So good. Yes. I hope everyone feels the same whenever they listen to your podcast as they should, because I love binging it and gain my little um, Mimi time in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. I, this was great. I think we killed it. Um, let's drop our social media handles. If you want to just tell everybody where they can follow you and, um, watch your journey from. Yes. Okay. So follow me on Miss TikTok. My handle's mm-hmm. at spunky and chunky. And it's not an and as in the word, it's just the letter N. And that is also my handle on Instagram too. And I post on TikTok a new series that I have called That Girl Realistic Edition. Because yes, because I've been filming almost every day of my life. Um since 2022 started and I really love the that girl movement as far as um what I interpret it for which is prioritizing yourself and that is something I'm really focusing on in 2022 but I'm showing all the road bumps I'm showing all the tips and tricks to make life easier so follow along guys yes she's killing that series like I said I'm so glad she brought it up because I was gonna bring it up um and it's it's a great twist on I think a trend that I think maybe possibly I, I'd seen it get a little toxic, like with certain people, like yep. glamorizing a very, it's always a, a thin white woman, obviously. And then it's yep. just very strict, like and little calories and all these things. So MJ is doing a very real, realistic, that girl edition and it's awesome. And you get to see her live her life every day. Um, so yeah, I think that wraps it up. You can follow uh, me at Mimi underscore styles or at the come as you are podcast on Instagram and on TikTok, I'm Mimi styles wellness. Um, if you want to follow me, <laughs> there's not much happening over there, but we're going to get some traction eventually. I just, um, it's kind of like what you said about um, being in a gray area and not knowing mm-hmm. what to put out on TikTok because I don't know what, where I fit. And that's what's not happening. And I'm not being really authentic. So I have to bring that there. But. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. When you lead with authenticity and you don't go on just one side of the coin, growth is slower, Mm -hmm. but your community's better. And it's all about community, baby. All about community, baby. Well, thank you so much, MJ, for stopping in and sharing um, about yourself and for being vulnerable and authentic always um you're doing amazing and i'm so proud of you and i'm so all right were you guys obsessed were you guys obsessed with that interview were you obsessed with mj because i sure as hell am she is amazing i'm so thrilled that i was able to have her on i know she had a great time too make sure you follow her follow me if you haven't already and please shoot either her and i her or i a dm on what you thought of the episode um and I need to stop saying, um, did anybody notice how many times I said it in that episode? It is rough. So <laughs> thank you for listening. As always, come as you are, exactly as you are. Bye-bye.